Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. Hello, everyone. Let me welcome here Chris uh, today. And uh, I have a first question for you. What are you currently passionate about in Agile space? Ah, Zuzi, at the moment, I am most passionate about helping people to continuously improve themselves. I am, I guess, most known in the Agile space for helping people continuously improve at the team level with retrospectives, with creative ways of doing that. But at the moment, the thing that really drives me is trying to help people continuously improve themselves in a way that fits their own personal preference, their learning style, the stage they are in their journey. Because what I, I see out there is just a, a minefield of options. There are so many books, training courses, podcasts, so many things out there that could help you. Uh, but it can be sometimes difficult to choose that based on where you are currently, what your currently your development areas are, and otherwise. So that's something that really drives me at the moment. I'm actually uh, I've I've kicked off a bit of an initiative that I'm I'm trying to do that looks to take the 270 plus agile certifications out there and tries to make sense of it uh, and maybe helps you choose which one fits you based again on your on your context. And that could include an element of waiting, i.e. What is the value of it on the, the wider market versus my own personal value? And what is the cost of it and how much the time investment is and that sort of thing? And trying to help people, particularly people that are newer in their journey, to, to make sense of that. So that's where my passion currently lies. So um, tell us a little more about that. How do you uh, really structure that? How do you figure out like what's the best for each individual? And you know, it's a complex problem. Like uh, as you said, everybody needs something different. So tell us a little more about that. Like how you figure that out, and how can you help them to navigate? Well, it's as you say, it's so complex uh, a topic because there are so many things that go into it. My personal value could be very different from your personal value and what one business values could be very different to another's so this is where i think uh, it needs to be community-led it can't just be my own subjective biases i think that would that would result in a very poor way of doing it but something the community-led so i'm actually inviting others to help me create something and the way i, I guess the closest approximation that i'm currently at at the moment is imagine weighted shortest job first that 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 technique that the scaled agile people tend to use to prioritize work I'm imagining almost like a weighted agile certification first in a, in a way that enables you to change the weighting depending on what is valuable to you, uh, what is most valuable to you, uh, and, and use kind of a scoring system that ultimately is created by you based on a few factors. And then that, that gives you the idea as to what's next. But even then, I think there would be value in just simply the ability to filter the options out there down to this is my role. This is the competency I'm looking for, and this is the cost I've got available to me. 
here are my options and, and selecting from 10 rather than hundreds. I think there'd be value in that alone. So what did you improve recently? What have I improved recently? Oh, so uh, something I have personally improved recently is my my training. So I, I deliver training myself. Uh, so I, I am one of the people who help others learn through certification. And our training is focused on longitudinal learning. So it's over several months rather than the standard kind of two days and then you're, you're done style approach. And uh, I've been trying to improve that side of things. So I've been investing heavily in, in spending time improving how I train on a longitudinal basis. And part of that has been creating a lot of these materials to, to help people. Uh, I have been practicing in particular mentoring. One of the things that I tend to do is I retrospect, I call it solo spection. It's kind of retrospective for one. And I, I pause and say, where am I now versus where I'd like to be? So that's one element is uh, my training. The other is my public speaking. So I am, of course, Susie, speaking at uh, Agile Prague later this year. I've got a number of other conferences that I, I'm speaking at this year. So that's another thing that I'm, I'm personally improving upon, my ability to share my learnings and lessons with uh, a wider group of people. And the way I do so is in this very interactive style. I hate just talking at people. I want them to be involved in the journey. So the, the style of talk I deliver tends to be more an interactive presentation or an interactive workshop more than just a, a talk. What was the most difficult when you start training people in in your experience? What what are the challenges or weaknesses you need to overcome? So I think there is a, a personal resistance of mine uh, in, in that a lot of training has a syllabus. You know, you've got to standardize the content you're going to teach uh, in order to say that someone has completed you know, an amount of learning. I think there's a there's almost a, a barrier I hit there in that if you are sticking to a syllabus, then it's not customized to the people. Uh, so there is this difficulty that I hit when I first started training where I was having to use a standardized syllabus and it wasn't as specific to the needs of the individual. Because as we know, the the, the usual two-day offering, and many of those I, I've been on, uh, they, they give you a lot of learning, a lot of theory, uh, but then you have to go away and apply that in your own companies, in your own teams, and and try and make sense of it in that in that way. And I have found that that has been difficult to to navigate past, and something that I'm actively working upon is how I ensure that the training I deliver is contextual, is is tailored to the individual. And the way we tend to do that is uh, enabling people uh, almost lean coffee style, the ability to come with their challenges prioritize those as a group so we've got a cohort base of learning rather than uh you know just just some people you do a, a training course with and then don't don't hear from them very often again but by making it cohorts based and lean coffee style you prioritize your top challenges and then you as a group design experiments what are you going to try next and then the next session you'll you'll feedback on that how did it go what did we learn from it what data will tell us we're on the right track and ones that will tell us we're on the wrong track and we need to try something different so that's something that i've uh yeah been navigating through training at the moment so uh, what brought you to Agile in the first place many years back, right? Well, many years back. So my I, I first got into Agile. I learned about it at university. Uh, and it was it was it was on my project management master's degree that I did this this learning and heard about Agile and thought it sounded cool. But then it wasn't until I was working for a consultancy on their project management graduate scheme that I was exposed to agility in the wild. 
and uh, I was working, I was managing this pro this project that was uh, had multiple work streams. It had an element of uh, redesigning or refactoring a backend system software. It had an element of designing a future replacement system. And the third work stream was designing a new mobile front end. And that part was being delivered in Agile by a third party developing company. And I remember this disconnect, this, this challenge that I was facing where my company were expecting a Gantt chart and a project and a schedule and otherwise. And this third party was saying, well, Chris, we deliver this in sprints. So we, we don't necessarily know what's going to be done because you're going to have the ability to alter it and, and change it as you go along based on what you learn and based on what works and what doesn't and based on changing priorities. And this, this lead developer, Sheban, who, was, who I had to converse with on this topic, I remember just it just clicked it made sense why wouldn't you want to do this why wouldn't you want to iterate frequently based on what you learn change your approach and you'd have a better chance of achieving what you were looking for rather than the traditional way of doing things where you stick rigidly to a plan and maybe you backload testing till the end and then you discover there's a problem and it wasn't what you were looking for to begin with and you have to start all that process all over again so that's where i first learned about agile or experienced agile in the wild and it sold me and i became a bit of a an agile evangelist i was very uh, sort of drank the kool-aid and began talking about how it was the the answer to everything uh, increasingly began working as uh, as scrum master but then helping other teams adopt agile ways of working as well uh, and nowadays i tend to describe myself as more of an agile pragmatist because it's not about it's not about agile it's about outcomes it's about helping people it's yeah agile isn't the destination it's a great journey to help you get there that will enable you to learn frequently uh, as you go along and to me agile in its core is distilled back down to fast feedback loops that enable learning so that's how i first got into agile so uh, i'm sure you face a lot of resistance uh, over the years right like very different environments where they say oh we don't like you it will never work in our environment or those type of you know comments quite natural so how do you help people to improve their uh, way of working which they're starting with agile but they struggle and they feel like they can't change anything in this desperate moment of like, it will never work for us. So how would you help them to improve uh, and um, become more satisfied with what they are doing and successful, I guess? Well, yeah, we, we experience this all the time, right? They've tried something, it hasn't quite worked. And then they say, oh, it's never going to work for us. Uh, I tend to, as a starting point there, respond with, well, Let's remove Agile from the equation for the moment, right? It's, as I said a moment ago, Agile isn't the destination, it's the journey. And again, my, my first question when I work with clients is, what are your outcomes that you're trying to achieve? Or what problems are you trying to solve? That's question number one. And the answer to that question, then I say, okay, so how are your current ways of working? And again, I don't mean, I don't mention Agile or water otherwise, I say ways of working. Are those current ways of working helping you to achieve those outcomes or solve those problems? And then question number three, are you continuously improving those ways of working? Okay. So I begin with that as a, as a starting point. And, and sometimes that does mean removing agile from the equation. That's fine. When it comes to moving forwards, if you know, you're stuck with something, I think a lot of people, companies or otherwise, they, they chase perfect you know, and perfect can be the enemy of good. Now, continuous improvement doesn't mean making a major change overnight or, or suddenly becoming agile in a few days after some training or or doing a or, or you know installing a framework like it's a, a bit of software on a bar saying 80% complete. It doesn't work that way. Instead, just focus on getting small wins over time, learning from how they work, and 
improving from there. So I, I, I tend to perceive everything as an experiment. Okay. So what could an experiment look like with this company that helps you move towards those outcomes? Who are the people that are going to be involved? What data will tell us we're on the right path? And, and I've got a, an experiment canvas I tend to use to do this. And by co-creating that experiment with them and focusing on their outcomes first, I tend to help. I find that tends to navigate some of those, those challenging reluctances that there are around it won't work for us. Very interesting. So when I look into experiments, could be quite um, frightening, right? So how do you make it safe for them? Well, uh, this is where I, I emphasize that actually an experiment is not going to be more risky. It's going to be less risky because, again, the traditional way of doing things, often we commit to a large endeavor up front and we, we spend all this time and energy and we create contracts around it. And otherwise, when actually, if you say, hey, what we're going to try is a small scale experiment, maybe with uh, over the duration of six weeks, and it's going to involve this one or you know two pilot teams, for example, you're actually narrowing your risk dramatically and making it far less scary to, to, to give a go. Uh, if it's good enough for now and safe enough to try as an experiment, why not go for it? And again, I think by, by creating the experiment with people rather than inflicting change upon them, it can make it far easier to be open to the idea of an experiment. So often change I find is inflicted. Someone senior says, we need this outcome, so you're going to do this, right? But then it's 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 not those people that make the decision that are heavily impacted by usually. It's the, it's the people on the ground impacted by the experiment. So I find by creating it with them, that helps uh, ease resistance. By reminding them that it's not set in stone. So sometimes people go, oh, I'm, I'm worried about this experiment because it could mean it changes my way of working forever. If you actually say, it's six weeks, and at the end of that six weeks, we're going to see what happens. We're going to learn from it, maybe do a bit of a retrospective on it. And we'll amplify the good things. We'll dampen the bad things. And your your feedback, your your input into this is going to help us change what it looks like going forwards. That can massively help re reduce resistance as well. So what was your uh, biggest aha moment on your agile journey? Something where you see like this and now you turn around and say, oh, I should have known that. It's completely different or something like those things. I've alluded to one of them, which was when I kind of first saw Agile in the wild versus Waterfall, that um, conversation with Shevin. Uh, I think a, a more recent one, it, it, it's kind of touched upon some of the things I've mentioned to you earlier today. It's that leaders don't care whether you're Agile. Customers don't care whether you're Agile, right? There's no customer in the world that says, hmm, I needed this by this date uh, and it was agile. They were doing it in agile. So I'm happy. They care about how your customer helped, helped them. They care, they care about how it saved them time or made them feel right. So there's no customer out there that cares whether you're agile. So that's point one. Uh, a stakeholder doesn't care whether you're agile. They care about whether you, you know, you're, you're getting things to them done. They care about uh, whether you're making them look good. They care about whether it puts money in their pocket because they're a, a shareholder, for example. And again, leaders, they don't care whether you're agile. So it's it's about the outcome that you're, you know, that you're trying to achieve, the problem you're trying to solve, and the ways of working that either help you or hinder you from getting there. That's probably my my big revelation over the past few years. And I find that resonates very well with those that I work with. And I agree with you. That's very often what's happening. So now we've been looking into your past a lot. Now let's have a look into the future. So Agile is here for a while. 
20 ish years. So let's have a look 20 plus years ahead. So, what's the future of Agile in your world, your minds? Uh, so I, I think I, I echo the sentiments of some other senior people in the industry. So I was I was speaking with Mike Cohen on, on my own podcast and he and I chatted about he, he would love for there to be a situation where agile just isn't used anymore. Don't talk about agile. Not 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 agile principles aren't being followed, but the word agile isn't used. Why? Because it's just the way we do things. We know it, you know, having short feedback loops gets us great results. So I think there is an element of that. Obviously, we we can pick at words in the manifesto and say it should be no longer be software it should be uh, solution or product and those are the those are the common ones but i, I increasingly think it's going to be about value all right so I, I i actually at the moment i'm in a role where i'm a value coach not an agile coach and it's 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 kind of this agnosticism element to it where you don't need to go in with a, an agile first mindset you can just go in with a, an outcome first mindset and then agility and the principles therein may be a fantastic way of help of helping that 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 specific company get there i think the problem with this uh dogmatic uh very hard rigorous stance on things i.e it has to be agile or waterfall or otherwise is that it doesn't take into account a lot of variables i.e the situation that company and people are facing the people that are involved the culture they have therein there are so many variables there and i think as soon as you try to copy and paste what's been done before and assume it will work elsewhere you're setting yourself up for failure so for me the, the future is is actually less agile or less agility as such in terms of it being spoken about but uh, more focus on on value one more follow-up question that value right in my opinion many organizations when you start talking about it say we don't really know what the value is where the value is how to phrase it so how will you create a sales pitch for that value what is that value and how to identify it again this is where it gets challenging because value to uh, one company may not be valued to another there's a huge element of, of subjectivity therein i think it, it needs to be like i often say uh, contextual to your your situation so you need to determine what value means to you what value means to your customers obviously there are elements of you know you, you can look at some prioritization te techniques look at business value versus customer value and otherwise you need to include elements of, of both in this rather than just a, a single one because i don't think a single one will tell the whole picture i increasingly see the concept of of you know metrics metrics are part of they're, they're almost like a compass pointing you in the direction or telling you that they're, they're, they're a bit of information at your disposal but one single metric on its own won't tell you the picture i think the reason i'm mentioning that is I don't think one definition of, of value alone will tell you the picture. You need to identify what value means to you in your context and use those as guiding points to make your next decision accordingly. Thank you very much for your time. It was my pleasure to have you here. Pleasure indeed. Thank you for hosting me on the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shukhova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com s-o-c-h-o-v-a dot com Thank you for listening. Thank you.